and Business Show. I'm Laura and today we're going to talk about how to market your coaching business without social media. So I did an episode of the Whole Heart Business Show last year with my client Alex Strauss who is amazing. She is a nature connection coach, a mindful walking coach and she is not here to be on social media. She does nothing on social media. And it was a really popular episode. And I know people were really interested in how she markets her business without social media and, and, and generally how to market our coaching businesses without social media. I think there's a lot of reasons why we're wanting to turn away from social media in terms of how we market. You know, for some of us, there's some ethical questions. For any of us who are in the wellness realm we know that social media is not good for our mental health for our clients mental health our you know our, our community and you know, audience's mental health and it might just feel unaligned and it might just not be where you want to show up and that's totally fine and the good thing is there's lots of other options so we're going to talk about all the different ways that you can market your coaching business without social media in this episode now a couple of things just to preamble before we get into those things. The thought that is really helpful for me when it comes to marketing is to remember that marketing is about getting in front of new people primarily. And I think sometimes we can get too in the space of just serving new content to our existing community or audience and not actually thinking about how can I get in front of new people? How can I grow the people in my community and audience? So that's just a little thing to bear in mind. And also just to talk a little bit about what this all looks like in my business. So I do use social media um, and I don't have an issue with that. I say, and, and, and we'll make talk a little bit about the mindset kind of side of this, but I see social media as the cherry on top of the cake, not the whole pie type of thing and it's an element of my marketing for my business it's not the be all and end all and I really think of it as a place that I try and show up and make it fun and that it's like an amplifier for everything else that I do it just amplifies the other things that I've got going on that I'm not on social media and I try and make it fun I actually really enjoy showing up on Instagram I used to hate I used to really struggle with Instagram I used to get really stuck with self-doubt with imposter syndrome and just it just felt difficult to show up there comparison with other people it was just icky and not comfortable to show up there but when I kind of worked through that mindset stuff I realized that was what was making it not fun not the platform itself and actually it was my whole the way that I approached it and the the place that I put Instagram in my you know what box I put it in in my head <laughs> would actually make a big difference and it might be the case for you so I do invite you just to think is is the thing with social media for you, is there some mindset stuff there that needs to be just worked through and might that change how you feel about social media? I mean, I'm not here to be social media's cheerleader, not by a long shot, but sometimes it can be helpful just to ask yourself these questions because that was really the case for me. And when I changed my whole opinion of social media, like I'm not bothered about getting new followers on there. Like it's just somewhere fun and creative to show up. And I like connecting with people on there. And that kind of shift really helped me in terms of how I show up. So that's just a little bit of a preamble and that's what it looks like for me and my business. And also just to say, I think when we're talking about what social media is, in my brain, social media is Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, that kind of thing. YouTube and Pinterest, I feel, are like borderline ones. And I think that it all depends on where you are individually with those things. So there's my little preamble, but let's get into all of the different ways that you can market your business 
without social media. So the first one, and my favourite one, is blogging. So I have been blogging for 12 years. In fact, 12 years this month, I started my first blog 12 years ago, like on a blog spot thing when I'd been, I was I was reading other health and wellness blogs and I started my own and it was literally like, this is what I had to eat today as a way of keeping track. But I, I have been blogging for a long time and it has a real place in my heart, I think, when it comes to marketing my business because it's so incredibly effective and it works really, really well. So the way that I see blogging is it's kind of like blogging is the backbone of my marketing for my business. And there's lots of reasons why that's the case. And the way that I've described it before and the analogy that I've used is, is like the blog is the sun and all the other platforms, all the other places that I share content are the planets that orbit around it. But my blog is the main place that market and create content. That's the key thing that ties everything together. And the reason that is, is because first of all, I own my website. I own the host, like that is my place. We, we can't own social media, we can't own our accounts on social media, but we can own our websites. Blog posts have a lot of longevity in terms of people can come and find a blog post that you wrote several years ago and find it on Google and come and join your list off the back of it. And that I think is really powerful when you want to create a sustainable business over a long period of time. And I'm guessing that's what most of us are here for. I didn't start a coaching business to you know, be go bust in two years and give up. Like I'm in it for the long haul. <laughs> so when I create blog content, it's with the view that this is going to be there for people to read for years to come, hopefully. So I think that's really good. It really creates content with longevity. It also means that you've got stuff that you can share on Pinterest. You can also do stuff with search engine optimization when you're doing stuff on your blog. It's really good for list growth. You can also do collaborations with your blog. So you can do some guest blogging. You can also do some crowdsourced blog posts, which is where you might go off and ask some other people their opinions, their thoughts, and you put them into a blog post and that's a crowdsourced blog post. And the idea is that hopefully those people might share that post with their audience and then you get some fresh eyes into you and your business. So I think blogging is an amazing thing to do if you do not want to have social media as the main show of your marketing. I think blogging is a really good place to start. And it's my favourite. And I have a whole course on it. So if you are interested in digging into this, my blog school course programme is really comprehensive. It really digs into this whole process. And also using that blog-based content in lots of different ways as well. So do check that out. And I'll put the link in the description box and in the description of the podcast as well below. The next thing is Pinterest. Now, I spoke about Pinterest in the episode that I did on what's working to grow a coaching business in 2022. Now, Pinterest has changed quite a lot, like a lot of other platforms, and I, th I almost feel like the way that it started to bring in idea pins and short-form video is almost making it a little bit more social media-y, because it's getting a bit like Instagram, but I still think there's lots of benefits on to being on Pinterest. The fact is, pins that link to blog posts is still the primary form of content on Pinterest, and gets seen by millions and millions and millions of people every single day. So I think having your stuff on Pinterest, and this really goes hand in hand with blogging, like you can't really do Pinterest without a blog, they really do go hand in hand. I think it makes a lot of sense to still consider Pinterest, especially if you are a health or a life coach, because 
all of that stuff is really popular on Pinterest and there's intricacies around this that things that can make your content do better on there and I need to add stuff to again I've got a course on Pinterest called Pinterest Magic which you can check out again I'll put the links um down below but there's some extra things that I'm going to be adding to that program around just maximizing what it is that you do with that in terms of your content and, and idea pins and things like that. But Pinterest can be a really good place. If you think about how many people are searching for self-care ideas or recipes or how to be healthier in 2022 or how to quit your job and get a new one or whatever it might be or how to have a healthier relationship, whatever, people are going to be looking for that stuff. So if you're a health or a life coach, that can be a really good place to be. The next one is podcasting. So I've got a funny kind of, well, I'm saying it's funny to me, story about podcasting. I had a podcast many, many moons ago with my very good friend, Kezia, who is a nutritionist and we did a joint podcast and it was fab and we really enjoyed it. So I actually started the podcast a long time ago. And then as my work started to turn away from the self-care health stuff, we went our separate ways. Kezia continued that podcast and I kind of always was like, okay, I should really start a podcast, but you know, is it worth putting my time and effort into this? And I just, blah, blah, blah. And I hummed and hard over it for ages. And then the idea for the Whole Hearted Business Show came to me, which feels a lot more aligned than just having a podcast. The reason I didn't just do a podcast was because it felt like it was just this whole extra thing that I would have to work on in addition to my blog and in addition to, to what I do do on social media. And it just felt like this whole other thing. But when I came up with the idea for the Whole Hearted Business Show where we do it as a blog post, a YouTube video and a podcast, it just clicked in my brain and made sense. So if this whole kind of thing where this multi-channel content show sounds good to you, do keep a lookout because in February I'm going to run a live training on everything to do with how I've set this up. So do keep an eye out if that sounds interesting. However, that aside, podcasting in its own right, there's never been a better time to start a podcast. I went to a PR day which did end up talking a bit about podcasting, um, in London in October last year. And some of the speakers were talking about podcasting. It sounds like podcasting is a really good place to get into now. Relatively speaking, if you compare podcasting to social media platforms, the saturation level, if you like, is much, much lower on a podcast. So it's, there's never a better time to start one if it's something that feels aligned and feels fun to you. I mean, when I started this show, I didn't do very much research on how to rank on, on podcasts or how to grow your podcast or whatever. I just did it because it felt like a bit of a barrier to get my head into that. So I just did it and it's been working really well so far. You guys are listening and that's awesome. But yeah, podcasting can be a really good one. Also, when it comes to podcasts, it's not just necessarily starting your own podcast, but it can be being a guest on other people's podcasts, but also you having guests on yours that can help with your reach and getting in front of those new people. Again, going back to what I said at the start about marketing primarily being about getting in front of new people. So that's podcasting. Next is YouTube. Now I feel like YouTube is going to have a bit of a resurgence. I don't know, maybe I should have included this in my 2022 What's Broken episode. It just feels like YouTube's going to have a comeback. I don't know what, what, what it is about that, whether it's because I'm using it now, but it just feels like something about YouTube is solid. It doesn't feel as unstable as Instagram and Facebook and it just feels different altogether. So I really feel like YouTube's a good place to be. Again, if you you know, have that, if you, if you feel called to create video content, I think YouTube is a good place to be. Again, there's a whole like 
thing around you know you can research around what works on youtube how to create content that works and all that kind of stuff and that's something i'm going to be working on this year again very much like this podcast um and this youtube video so i want to do a lot more research on youtube and actually how to really make the most of my videos being on youtube that's one of my tasks one of my actions and intentions for 2022 is to do a bit more research so youtube is a place where you can share your content and get seen and get found Another thing that you can do is bundles. So a bundle is usually like a third party will create a bundle and they bring together a lot of coaches, creators, whatever, and you would put in a digital product. Some people do a membership, like a three months in a membership or whatever, but you would put a product into the bundle and then through that collective action of promoting the bundle, you would grow your email list through that. And I've participated in a few bundles. I did InfoStack last year and Elizabeth Goddard's Christmas Party, which is essentially a bundle. And they are incredible, amazing. I would love to do more bundles in the future. I think you have to pick the right ones and we'll just really think about how it's going to work strategically. And obviously you do need to have a digital product to be able to participate in a bundle. So that's another thing just to bear in mind as well. So yes, bundles can be fantastic. And I've added hundreds and hundreds of people to my email list on the back of participating in bundles. So they can work fantastically well. Another thing that can work well without social media is a summit. So a summit is an online event where different speakers either live or recorded create talks or or you interview them and it's all about providing people with a really great range of content and presentations that are going to help them basically. My client Alex who talked about the market without social media on her episode and I will put a link to her episode she held a summit and it was outrageously successful it was amazing and I was a speaker in that summit and it was just fantastic so summits can work really well whether you're organizing them or participating in them I think they can be really really good I stumble when I say this I want to host a summit in 2022. I feel scared. It feels like a scary thing, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone. But it's a really great way to get in front of new people. Again, it's that collective action because through everyone who's participating in the summit, sharing that with their audience, it's that whole collective action that helps everyone who's involved in that summit basically benefits from that. So it can work well. And again, social media is not necessarily required for that. Challenges. I mean, challenges is an interesting one, and I almost hesitated putting this in because, generally speaking, a challenge to promote it, you probably want social media because it's a bit faster. You can get things out with people a bit faster with social media, and also generally in my enchantment challenges training, I say Facebook groups. It's the only real place I found that you can effectively host a challenge. However. I don't think that that's a be all and end all and I think there's so much space to get creative with how you run a challenge and how you promote one, whether that's running ads on Pinterest, whether that's hosting your challenge in a completely different site somewhere or whether it's not even having a community element and actually just making it more of an online event or something. I think there's ways you can get creative, run a challenge without necessarily having to use social media. So if you run a podcast and you know that you've got a dedicated listenership, then you could just promote on your podcast a challenge and run it off the back of that and use that to deepen your connection with people and ask them to share with the people who they know to get in front of the new people. So I do think there's some ways that you can utilise challenges without social media, but it's one of the more tricky ones and I think you need to be a bit more creative with it as well. 
Another thing that you can do without social media is collaborations. So again, bundle summits are collaborative, but other things that you can do as well. So you can host a joint webinar with someone. So basically you're getting in front of each other's audiences, obviously being a guest on people's podcasts, then being a guest on yours, guest blogging, anything like that can be really helpful and working together in that way can be super useful. Another thing is affiliates and referrals. So you can have a referral system with someone where they might refer clients to you and vice versa if you're slightly different and they would get a commission for that and you would get a commission. Affiliates is where, let's say that you've got a a course or a programme, people can become affiliates and then if they share your course or programme and someone buys through their link, they again get a kickback, they get some commission. So that can work super well. And again, no social media on your part required for that. Another one is press and PR. So... When I was starting out as a health coach, I actually got quite a massive amount of press and PR without having to do a lot of work, to be perfectly honest. And I think you probably have to do a bit more work than I did. I think I was just really lucky. But I was in Healthy Magazine from Holland and Barrett. I had a massive photo shoot in London and I was in this four-page spread article in Healthy Magazine. I've been in Women's Health. My cookbooks have been featured in The Times. I've been featured on the Channel 4 website. I've been all over the place. In fact, I've got like a little box full of magazine cuttings of places where I've been. And press can really work wonders for your business. It can feel like quite a scary thing to try and approach, but it doesn't have to be. It can be around identifying the places where you'd love to be featured, figuring out what angle you want to approach them with and figuring out what element of your story or what element of your work is going to work for them in pitching. It can be as simple as that. I mean, there's lots of courses and programs out there that help you around press and PR. And it's not just newspapers and magazines. It can be website articles. There's all sorts of different things that come into that, but that can be effective. And again, social media is not required for that. And then finally, good old fashioned stuff. Like before we had social media, businesses existed before Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And there's lots of things that we can do that is just good old fashioned stuff like word of mouth, in-person networking, Flyers to people's doors off sticking a flyer up. If if you're a health coach going to a physio or a yoga studio or a gym or a health food shop and asking if you can put a flyer up, really simple stuff. And it's that that's just the good old fashioned solid stuff that we can all do. Local press, sometimes you have a better opportunity to get in the local press than you do in national press if you're just starting out. So again, I've had articles in Living North, which is a free magazine up here in the northeast. I've been in The Chronicle, which is one of the big newspapers up here. Any northeast people will know what, what I mean when I talk about the Evening Chronicle. There's different places that you can be, but just to, sorry, I've just digressed there, went into, back into press and PR. But yeah, good old-fashioned stuff. Don't forget that that stuff is there as well and that can really help. But I hope that has given you just a bit of an insight. I mean, there's whole courses that go into how to market your business without social media. This is just a snippet, but I hope that that's given you, you know, a really good idea of all the different things that you can be doing, all the different ways that you can approach it. And I think there's just so much space for creativity around how we market ourselves a bit differently outside of social media that I think is quite exciting. So yeah, I hope that's given you loads of ideas. I'd love to know what you think of this episode. Please do share this episode on Instagram. (laughs) Ironically, (laughs) please do share on social media, guys, even though I'm telling you not to market on social media. I'm not telling you not to market on social media. I'm telling you it's up to you and there's other ways to market. But yes, (laughs) share this episode wherever you want, (laughs) social media or not. If you are, 
if you are on Instagram like I am in a fun kind of chilled capacity do feel free to pop me a DM I'm at all heartedly Laura on there please do leave a comment if you are reading this on on the blog post watching this on YouTube give us a thumbs up do leave a review all of that jazz would be super helpful for me and just any feedback to be honest I think it's just really nice when someone gets in touch and says actually Laura that was really helpful or I got a lot out of that it's just really nice for me to get that feedback so thank you to those of you who have already done that and and if you feel called that would be lovely you know where to find me but i hope that's been useful i will see you next time take care bye